Angel is just doing a TikTok right dance right now in response to the question. <laughs> <laughs> if only I knew the TikTok dance. I'm not even that cool. Don't Do That, a podcast about relationships, romantic relationships, familiar relationships, friendships, and most importantly, the relationship with yourself. I'm Parker. And I'm Angel. And today we're talking about boundaries during COVID, like specifically people or family members or friends who are deciding to not receive the vaccine and then how you respond to that. Because I think we're already pretty comfortable with... Mm -hmm setting boundaries of like events we're not going to go to that's pretty easy that's like just something you don't have to do right you just be like listen I'm super uncomfortable and so yeah it's a non-action yeah exactly and so far I think sure I'm sure some people have had some negative fallout from decisions like that but Mm -hmm. I do think it's probably been more positive than negative but there's just been so much I don't know, just nastiness around getting this vaccine or not getting this vaccine. And I also think that it's like a new boundary that probably I'm sure some people are familiar with, but I'm sure most of the country or most of the world is not uh, really aware of or comfortable with. And it's like, it feels more serious because people are dying. There's people that we're trying to protect And there's people who are making that decision to not protect you, to not protect the world, and to, I guess, in their minds, only worry about themselves, even though whenever they do this, they are also not protecting themselves. So Hmm. that's what today's episode is about. And I think it's, I think it's very relevant to what's going on right now. So... I mean, the vaccine is readily available. Like deciding not to take it is a is a choice, is a bold choice. Yeah. I mean, I do know a couple people specifically at work that they have like health concerns about the vaccine because like one of them has asthma and she hasn't seen that they've done any tests for people with asthma or um one got blood clots from the flu shot. But in those cases, those people, especially because we work with kids, they take like twice as many precautions because they know they are unvaccinated. So they wear the double masks and they do more social distancing than some of us that have taken the vaccine might do. Well, I think some of our listeners are definitely going to roll their eyes at the woman with asthma or person with asthma who won't get the vaccine. It's like, really? Uh, It's not (laughs) going to affect your lungs in any way. Um, That's so strange. Um, Yeah, I mean, it's but it's also just like people who are going directly against doctor's orders. Like, I think it's sad that people don't have like a doctor that they can trust. Or if they do, they think that the doctor's like, I, I don't really I'm not I'm not really familiar with all of the like propaganda and misinformation that people are listening to. But I know there's a lot out there. So I think people are just becoming really like mistrusting of the healthcare 
community, unfortunately. Yeah, I think there's like a perception that the healthcare industry, because it like is an industry, is under the umbrella of the government and people are always going to mistrust the government. So in situations where it becomes like a mandate, it kind of makes people uncomfortable in that case because they don't want to do anything that they're specifically told to do. Yeah, which I think is just funny because it's like, you know, in order to travel to certain countries, you have to get vaccines for certain things or you you can't travel there. And also, like, in order to go to college or for mm-hmm. any kid to go to school, you have to have a updated vaccine record. So uh, it's not a new idea. I think people are just kind of, like, morphing it into this new concept. But it's, like I said, it's not just about like your mental health, it's about your physical health. And, you know, if you're an an immunocompromised person or you take care of an immunocompromised person, who you choose to be around can have true deadly consequences because people Mm -hmm. who are vaccinated are dying from the Delta variant. That's just facts. So, and it's people who are immunocompromised, old in age, there's some other pre-existing health condition so just because is it asthma parker it is it's people with asthma are dying every day <laughs> and dyslexia and dyslexia. watch out parker i'm they're <laughs> coming for me <laughs> but it's just like it's you know like i have a family member who's going through chemo right now so what we decide to do is very important i also have a son who is unvaccinated obviously because he's a year old Um, (laughs) and so I just feel like, you know, and they really don't know how this Delta variant acts with kids. So I have had to set up some boundaries, uh, with myself and like with other people, you know, it's just what you have to do. Uh, we, we already kind of went through this like over a year ago. And I just think it's really exhausting for people, you know, now in this kind of second wave, I think people were kind of really excited to get back out there. So it's sad. Yeah, it definitely is sad, especially for people that are not like Parker and I. We both have great support systems. You know, Parker, you live with your husband and your son. But there's some people that when we go on lockdown, they literally just have themselves, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's sad. And I think it there are, like, some informed risks that you can take. Like, you know, I think I'll be hanging out with all my friends who, are know are, who I know are vaccinated. But, like, I'm not really taking Clay to the grocery store anymore. I just don't know... I mean, I don't like people have basically forgotten about masks. And so and I don't think I don't see a future where they're going to like implement that in grocery stores like they did before. So I don't know. Mm-hmm. I mean, I I just feel like you have to take the risks you're going to take and, you know, really cut back where you can. So, for example, like I'm still seeing my unvaccinated friends, but I don't know if I would necessarily like bring Clay around just because, You never know. And, you know, us with the vaccine is already such a good barrier for him um, that it's just like exposing him directly to people is like something I'm uncomfortable with at the moment. Mm -hmm. So uh, this is actually I mean, that was just, you know, I don't know, setting up for the next section would just be like preparing to set the boundary. I think you really do whenever you're like especially with something that's so hostile right now, you have to have a game plan before you go in there and set the boundary. You have to discuss it like 
you know, if it's me telling someone that, no, you can't come and see us because Clay's unvaccinated, Noah and I need to be on the same page about that. We need to have talked about that beforehand. And we need to kind of know what our limits are going to be. And, you know, mm-hmm. does that make sense? Like, mm-hmm. you just, you know, you need to prepare for the conversation that you're going to have. So I think the first part would just be thinking about the boundaries that you want to set. So is it no contact with the unvaccinated or are you willing to see them outside and socially distance with masks if they're feeling well? I mean, are you like, is the rule that they need to get a uh, COVID test before they come see you? You know, you really need to figure out like what your very specific boundary is and then stick to that. Don't let anyone, don't let the person you're giving the boundary to try to loosen their boundary that you, like your boundary that you've set. Just keep it. If, if, if it's no contact, then it's no contact. It's not mm-hmm. no contact, but with masks, you can't relent on this. You have to just stick to what you already agreed with. Even if, even if that person is making you feel bad about your decision and you feel like you need to adjust the boundary, you don't <laughs> like you set that initial boundary in your head for a reason keep it that way you know now parker what tips do you have for people if they know that the person they're setting the boundary with is not just like a friend but like a family member i would whenever you're talking to them just talk with compassion uh and i also think it's super important like this is a personal decision that they're making Mm -hmm. and so then your personal decision to not see them is also valid. Everybody's making their own decisions. You know, it's important to remember that even if it is like, let's say an authority figure in your life, I think that can, that's what a lot of people are dealing with right now. That can be super hard. It's like your parent, you know, they think that they have some sort of right to you or your, their grandchild and they don't, they're making a decision and then there are consequences to their decision. I mean, it's really as simple as that. I would say one big thing is that try not to manipulate the person that you're sounding, setting boundaries with. Like, obviously, we really want everyone to get vaccinated. So I think that the, like, the idea of giving this ultimatum in order to get your family member vaccinated is just a dangerous game. Like, Mm -hmm. and we'll talk about that more because there's actually some psychology behind this and some studies about this. Uh, You know, I just, I would not argue. Like, that would be my, like, have a game plan to not argue. That would be a big one for me. Um, (laughs) And it's going to be hard. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, but it's true, though. Like, there's nothing that's stopping you from just hanging up the phone. I know Mm -hmm. that sounds really like hard for some people, but if this is like your first big boundary that you're setting with, say, a grandparent or a parent or a sibling, perhaps, then, yeah, there could be a lot of pushback from them because they're just not used to that from you. So I would say if they're just kind of, I don't know if you can hear Starbucks, she's meowing. (laughs) That's Um, okay. Scooby's Scooby's dancing outside the door. Okay. She's like, meow, let me in. Uh, But, you know, I I understand, like, just that there's going to be a lot of emotions in these things. But, like, you're allowed to also set 
emotional boundaries in this before you go in. Like, that sounds crazy, but obviously you have like your own boundaries. Like you're not going to let anybody disrespect you, you know, just things like that. And if you kind of feel yet another one of your boundaries being violated, I mean, it's just a consequences. It's just consequences to their own actions. Like if they're trying to argue with you over the phone, call you stupid, perhaps that's like a obviously a more extreme version. I don't know if people are really having those kind of conversations, mm-hmm. but just like, you know, focus on the big picture. Like you can talk to them more in depth after you've already set the boundary. That can be a later conversation though. You don't need to get all of your grievances out whenever you're making this conscious phone call to say, I'm so sorry, we can't see you anymore. That's just my opinion. And one thing I wrote about, I don't know if anybody, I don't know if you have this, Angel, but I um, have a really good imagination. So I kind of... You don't know if I have an imagination? <laughs> well, I don't know if you do this, but like I will, oh. I will kind of fantasize conversations with people in my head before having them. Yes, it's called anxiety. Yeah, it's called... Um, rumination is what my therapist told me. Yeah, that's what I have. In in my case, it's called anxiety. I think about the worst possible thing or the worst reaction someone could have to whatever I have to say. Exactly. And so I don't, this isn't like backed up by any sort of therapist or anything like that. But I would say like, if you're you're already going to have those, like those kind of fantasies, then just get comfortable. Like, Think about what you're going to say, and then I guess you can think about whatever they're going to choose to say to you, but then you can just keep it going, know what you're going to say, and, you know, end the conversation if you need to. But probably what's going to happen is that if you kind of allow yourself to fantasize about how these people are going to respond to you, they're probably going to respond to you in a way better way than any of your nasty fantasies are, like leading you to believe how things could possibly go wrong. Mm. And also kind of going through these fantasies can help you really establish that no matter how they respond, you know what you're going to say. So you already have a clear Mm -hmm. idea because you've practiced it in your head. So it's almost in a way that like, you know, it'll be a little more difficult for them to like throw you off from what you want out of the conversation. You know what I mean? Yeah, because you know what you know what to expect. Yeah, exactly. I just drank some water, yeah, so I, now have... I was going to have to edit that out. That's okay. I <laughs> can't stop moving. So. <laughs> but I have a student that does that, and he's like, I just like to imagine the worst possible thing ever, and then that never happens. And for some, you know, he's young, so in his mind, the worst thing didn't happen because he already, like, planned for it or thought about it in detail. Yeah. I mean, it's just like, I think our anxieties, uh, whether you would like classify yourself as, as someone with anxiety or not, everybody has anxiety. So, uh, sorry, but, uh, <laughs> unless you're what, like a sociopath. Um, but yeah, I mean, obviously, you know, setting these kind of big boundaries with people is going to be a little nerve wracking. So, I would say give yourself the space to kind of go into those fantasies and don't judge it. Like, don't judge it. And then, you know, just if if you think you've gone down the hole too much, then you can just, like, practice on just your grounding techniques. Um, 
mm-hmm. which are just like naming objects in the room that you see with you, like out loud. Um, mm-hmm. So I don't know if anybody's ever tried that, but that's a that's kind of a cool trick if you if you have problems with rumination, is you can just kind of like be like this cup is blue or you know whatever. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. So let's see here. I think that's good in like preparing for the boundary. You know, even if you maybe want to write down what you're going to say, I think that's also legitimate. And I also was wondering, what did you think about this? What if you never even had a phone call? What if it was just through text? I love text because I like, in my mind, when you tell someone through text, it's almost a form of respect because then they can feel or say whatever the fuck they want and then like compose themselves and reply. So obviously when I like dump somebody, I'm not doing it through text, Mm -hmm. but for something like a COVID boundary, I mean, social distance, you know what I'm saying? Just like, I don't, I don't see anything wrong with it. I think especially in how technology has changed our lives. Maybe at one point it would seem like a little bit less serious. Like maybe you don't consider it serious because it comes in the form of a text. Mm -hmm. But I think that text is just as valid of a form of communication as anything else at this point. I I agree. I mean, as long as the other person that you're talking with like knows how to text you and stuff like that, um, you know. Not to what do you, oh you mean like if they know how a phone works yeah <laughs> <laughs> yeah uh, if not you know se- you can send um your racist grandpa like a fax yeah I mean just like you know pop a stamp on that bad boy yeah just send them a picture of a needle mm-hmm. and just be like go go do go now well what's funny is that it's not even like the older generation that's the problem it's like specifically I mean. Because I think most people who are older are, I mean, my... Afraid, yeah. Well, because, like, my great-grandmother remembers, like, the polio hysteria. Like, she remembers that. Yeah. Like, she remembers kids getting polio. So, like, you know, it. it's just, maybe it's just, like, a sacrificing for your country type of deal. I'm just talking about, like, in the United States, but... Other places in the world, it hasn't become, like, so politicized um, mm-hmm. or polarizing, should I say, perhaps. But, uh, yeah, I just feel like the older generation is going to be, like, more susceptible. And they want to protect themselves. Like, you know, they really had, like, friends of theirs dying, you know? I mean, that's sad. Like, they're, it's probably a little more real for the older generation, but it's, like... Yeah, I would say it's more maybe like, uh, what is it, Gen Xers and probably like the Z. and the older generation for us too. So yeah, older millennials. Um, mm-hmm. Even though I think we did establish in one of the last episodes, you're I'm technically not a, not a millennial. Yeah, <laughs> I'm part of the, the TikTok. Crew. Yes, yeah, yeah, Angel. Let's hear your fresh. A Zoomer take on this. <laughs> so funny. Uh, renegade. Yeah. No, <laughs> okay. And just for the listeners, um, Angel is just doing a TikTok right, dance right now in response to the question. <laughs> <laughs> if only I knew the TikTok dance. I'm not even that cool. Uh, but anyway. Uh, yeah. So I, I, I'd, 
we kind of got off subject, but going back to the, I definitely think it's fair uh, to respond over text message. I think it's also important to like, think about what brings you anxiety. Like for me, Mm -hmm. text is not necessarily how I would go on something like that because I do get anxious on like waiting for the response, if that makes any sense. And that might not be the best thing for the person that I'm communicating with, but I would say, like, if it was me in this scenario, I would do a phone call, send a text, be like, hey, really would love to talk to you on the phone. If I don't hear from them in a day, then I would probably just send it through text. Um, just Because yeah. I like to get stuff over with. Like, I don't know. That's just what the waiting brings me anxiety. So, Yeah. And I do like the idea that we mentioned very briefly of, like, if they really, really, truly are against the vaccine, you know, would you in your life be comfortable if they just brought you, like, a negative COVID test? Yeah, or, um, you know, mask and – well, mm-hmm. and also I think the negative COVID test isn't even that much to really ask for anymore. Like, there are these – No, they're free. Yeah, and there's also these at-home kits you can buy. Um, mm-hmm. Like, so what Noah and I did – um, we just weren't feeling well, and we just wanted to make sure is we ordered off of Postmates from CVS a pack of two tests that was like 20-something dollars, I think. And mm-hmm. you just – it's like a little pregnancy test for your nose, and you just – that bad boy up yeah. in there, and you get – you know, it's just like a pregnancy test. You get the one line, it's negative, two lines, it's positive. I mean, there have been like some false – positives from that but then you know you can always just like go get another test if it comes back positive so also better a false positive than a false negative yeah definitely and uh it just matters like how much you trust that person like are you trust like you know what i mean like if you're trusting them to like stay away from you if they get a negative covid you know what i'm saying like it just it just matters like how much you trust that person. And I think that's what's kind of hard about it because I think it's really hard right now for people to trust people who are not getting vaccinated. Mm -hmm. I I mean, would it be be insulting to ask to see it? No, I don't think so. But I, you know, it's just like, it it just matters. Yeah, it just matters. Like, yeah. You know, where does your mind go? Are you like, oh, could they have just, gotten a picture of this off the internet etc cetera, etc cetera. you know what i'm saying yeah well maybe that type the person that you can't even trust to take a covid test maybe they don't need to be around your kid anyway mm-hmm. yeah completely agree <laughs> <laughs> but i think in the case of that like where they've gone out and gotten the covid test assuming that they're trustworthy and actually did it it just kind of shows a level of effort on their part where they're willing to say okay i'm not comfortable with the vaccine for whatever reason, you mm-hmm. know, yada, 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 insert their reason. However, you know, I can provide to you proof that I am, as of right now, COVID-free. Mm-hmm. Which is better than just saying no. Yeah, I agree. And I also wonder if, like, you can have conversations with them about, do you wear masks? Like, out? do you wear a mask mm, out like, in public? Because, yeah. like, right now the guidelines are if you're not vaccinated, then you should still be wearing a mask everywhere you go. I mean, definitely 100% indoors. So, 
I think it's okay to also have that conversation. And maybe those are like conversations that you've had before and you already kind of know the answer to it, right? Like, you know, no, I only wear a mask if I have to. Like if they were, if they were saying that during the pandemic before we had the vaccine, they're probably doing the same thing now, I think. So in my mind, there's probably a lot of conversations that are leading up to this final boundary that you're setting. Mm-hmm. And I think a lot of people are choosing to do the, you just need to stay away boundary. What do you think about yeah. that? What do I think about the stay away boundary? Mm-hmm. I don't know. It's hard for me to imagine because I don't have a situation in which I need to ask anybody of that. But it does seem like if it is splitting family or friend ties, maybe those would have naturally split anyway. I totally agree. I just think that there was just like, obviously there's like issues beforehand. A disconnect. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. All right, cool. Well, do we want to just take a break real quick and then we'll come back to like, I want to talk about, um, there's some really cool stuff. It's called belief perseverance or the backfire effect. I definitely want to cover that because I just think it's so interesting and, you know, just, uh, like how to how to do it imagine it in the moment what do you do what are your responses what do you say so sound good sounds good talk to you guys in a bit see you soon calls the like break from the music quarantine jazz. So I hope everybody enjoyed that quarantine jazz by Noah Sanders. Um, right there on your ear holes. It's for you. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, so now you're like doing the action and other, whether it's like something that you've written out or it's a well-worded text message, you do want to like, try to, like I said before, you don't want to manipulate the person. I understand the draw of that because we all want everyone to get vaccinated, obviously. But the problem with that and the backlash that comes from that is that you can actually, like, make the person more zealous in their decision. Mm. Am I using that right? Zealous, yeah. Yeah, right? Okay. Yeah. I'm sure Noah will be like, actually. Um, <laughs> well, well, then why doesn't he come on the podcast? I do wonder. <laughs> <laughs> what if he just like replaces my word with something else? Uh, anyway. <laughs> but yes. Or, he, or could you imagine if he was just like dubbing everything you said? I... <laughs> <laughs> all of a sudden for like a 20 minute or like a 20 second clip it would just be like noah doing like a woman's voice of like and then it's called the backfire effect he doesn't have the balls oh we would love to hear it calling noah, you please. out noah <laughs> 
But <laughs> what I wanted to talk about was, and actually Noah told me about this concept. I think he read about it. Um, so it's actually been a concept that um, like goes back pretty far. I think some of the first like uh, first studies of belief perseverance came in around it says here 1954 and it was actually psychiatrists. They were spending time with members of a cult mm. and they, Oh wait, hold on. Yes. And <laughs> <laughs> this is correct. Actually it says uh, the first study of beliefs perseverance was carried out by three psychologists who spent time with members of a cult who believe the world would end December 21st, 1954. So it goes back even before that. Um, because I imagine you have to like, at least give it a, f a couple years until the world ends. Is that, I think that's what cults do. Yeah. I, mean, I don't think it was like tomorrow. <laughs> you don't want to be like, okay, so guys <laughs> later this year, <laughs> the world is going to end. I just feel like it would be like you and like, one really vulnerable person that you conned into coming with you. Yeah. Uh, but anyway. Yeah, but I think that's interesting because, I mean, the thing about it is that, like, in order to not see yourself as the fool, in order to protect your own, like, vision of yourself, you almost have to, like, go even harder and harder and harder into your just wackadoo is what I'm going to go ahead and say it's a scientific term belief. Okay. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like in order to not destroy the vision that you have of yourself or the idea that like, okay, well I did all of these things. Like if you think about it as an occult member, like maybe I left my family, I sold all my shit for something that's not real. No, nobody wants to believe that. Right. So mm -hmm. I, and, and the idea of belief perseverance is that like the more that you try to contradict their belief, the more they are like affirmed in that belief. Mm -hmm. So if you try to debunk them or I would even say, try to manipulate them into getting the vaccine, they're definitely, just going to go harder, harder into their beliefs. And maybe that's not something you're really, you know, uh, it's, it's called the backfire effect for a reason. Yeah. You know what I mean? Well, I mean, it's easier to believe that you're right and the other person is wrong and trying to trick you than to believe you've been wrong this whole time. Yeah. So like, oh, cause the idea that like, so with COVID, I think we can all say, like, a lot of people believe a lot of crazy shit. One of the things I've heard is that either the, you know, vaccine is dangerous, it's going to kill everyone. It's like in that scenario where the vaccine isn't actually protecting you from anything. It's not protecting you from COVID. It's not protecting you from being hospitalized from COVID. And so, like, if you end up being wrong about that, you know, the consequences are is that you spent all this time not seeing your family, being cut off from the people you love. And no one just like no one wants to believe that about themselves, that they mm -hmm. were so stupid as to believe something 
is to believe all of this misinformation. No one wants to believe that about themselves. Yeah, definitely. I just thought that was interesting. And even in like this article, it talks about an uh, article that was published in 2014 in the Atlantic, and it describes a study involving vaccination hesitation. So it's like, you know, there were already, there was already like this kind of concept going around uh, long before COVID ever came around, like this vaccine mistrust. But I think, I do wonder if like the big push to get people vaccinated has made things worse or like, I mean, Trump obviously is the reason why all this is happening. Like he's, he's the person who made this a, like some sort of moral stance. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Yeah. I mean, sometimes I wonder about how different it would be if the vaccine was under the Trump administration and he was like, go get vaccinated so we can get back on the golf course. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, Yeah, because Trump, yeah. what, What would that look like? What would our conversation be like then, you know? Mm -hmm. I actually do remember whenever Kamala Harris and um, uh, ghost old uh, Confederate soldier were having a debate. And she did say, like, I would not trust any vaccine that comes from this administration. So, yeah, I do wonder. I mean, Mm -hmm. I'm sure the Biden-Harris, like, team. I mean, that's when when he was... Telling people to take, like, Advil. And, like, drink for bleach COVID. and shit, right? Yeah. Yeah, it's just fucking stupid. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> in reality, you know, these medicines aren't coming from our government. They're coming from, you know. Pharmaceutical companies. Yeah. They're, like, based off of studies that were <laughs> done at, like, Vanderbilt and stuff. You know what I mean? Like. It's not necessarily even pharmaceutical companies. It's like scientific labs. So Mm -hmm. I don't know. I think a lot of people have a lot of different reasons, but I still just, you know, it it just makes me, it just reminds me of like people who were so staunch in their opinion and on not getting the vaccine and then they're on their deathbeds in the ICU and they're asking the doctor for the vaccine and the doctor's just like that's I can't give you the vaccine and it's just like so that's I think unfortunately what's going to change people's minds about it is Mm -hmm. a personal life-threatening experience so which is sad because not everybody has those. So, but yeah. anyway, what do you, I mean, I don't know. It's just, you know, I think we are all as a society, all vaccinated people or everybody who just wants to get back to normal and doesn't want to just pretend mm-hmm. things are back to normal. Doesn't want to just like will being back to normal into existence. I think we're all really frustrated with the unvaccinated community at the moment. Mm -hmm. I mean, I know I am because what, I don't know what else could convince these people. If, you know, I guess my main point is like, you're not going to can someone who has seen on the news, hundreds of thousands of people dying just in the United States alone. You're not going to convince them to get the vaccine. Like, 
you, yeah. your conversation with them is not going to do anything. They've already, they don't care, right? They've seen the graves. Yeah. They, it's not a, that's not, they don't, that's not a point for them. They don't care about that. I mean, you know, what are you going to do? Yeah, you can't just, like, write them a seven-page persuasive argument essay, you know? <laughs> yeah, and and if you do, you're just going to make things worse. So it's like, you know, just go ahead and alleviate yourself of that idea that you're going to be able to, like, protect your family member from themselves. It's just not going to happen. Yeah. So. Uh, and the last part I wanted to talk about is just, you know – it's okay to to feel angry. And I think in that like initial text message, in that initial phone call, whatever it is, you don't really need to get emotions involved in it. You know, if you feel yourself getting emotional, then actually you can either let them have it or you can straight up leave the conversation, right? Like, like I said before, mm-hmm. I mean, you don't have, you can either hang up, you can just not text back. It's, Whatever it is, you can just say, listen, I'm sorry that you feel upset, but I feel a personal obligation to protect my family. I feel like I've explained my reasoning to you, and I'm ending this conversation now. I think it's as simple as that. But I did want to talk about the idea of finally getting out your frustrations and being able to express Mm -hmm. to the other person how you feel and how we could do that in a healthy way. And how, because I do think that there is a downfall to not expressing how you feel, to keeping it inside. So, you know, I don't know what that would look like. I think that would be like a later conversation that you would have probably after the initial blow Mm -hmm. of setting that boundary, because then maybe they're like in a better place to hear it. But I do think there is like there should you sh- there should be space for people to be able to express their frustrations of someone like yeah <clears throat> choosing misinformation over you or their family yeah I think also you could just email us <laughs> <laughs> we're definitely like two sympathetic ears to hear your frustrations about a conversation you've had. Yeah, and also I think that your friends probably want to hear the tea. So, <laughs> you know, I think there's a lot of people yes. you can voice your frustrations to. But I would say if you still feel like you need to say something to your family member, then just, like, pick whenever you're ready to do it. Pick the time whenever you're ready to do it. And then just share that information. If they don't mm-hmm. react how you want them to react, that's not really on you. Like... The only thing you came mm-hmm. to do was to express how you feel. So, and there's lots of good, like, you know, Bruce, if you have a therapist, you can talk to your therapist about there. There's lots of different, like, communication styles that you can evoke, you know, when you're telling the person how you feel, if, it, if you think maybe it's not going to go well. Mm-hmm. So, but anyway... I mean, that's all I've got. Good luck in setting those boundaries. It's really yeah. hard. It it might be tough. Yeah. 
yeah, it's uh, it's serious times right now, and I, it's it's I just don't think it's necessarily something we've really had to do before. Uh, but I I think it'll be good in the long run. I think that it will kind of help you see who or what is important in your life. You know, mm. so it's just a a personal decision you have to make. Uh, yeah. So, and I do see a lot of these things online that are like, well, what if the part, you know, you set this boundary and then it's like, well, what if the person that you say, you know, you can't see them anymore gets upset and it's like, yeah, they don't like it. Yeah. Those are the consequences of their own actions. Uh, if, if it ain't the consequences of my own actions, you know, you're not, <laughs> you're not responsible for how that person feels. So no matter how much they want you to think that you are. So, yeah. Mm-hmm. It's a good time to listen to some of the other episodes that we have, too, guys. Um, uh, Our Toxic Friends one. I mean, you know, just, like, start cutting these people off, baby. You don't have time for all that. Sorry. (laughs) It's good. And this is kind of a – I think this is really more with family members, This what's happening right now. So, I don't know. It's great, you know. Cut out those people. Like, I – personally feel that just because someone is like a blood relative you doesn't mean that you owe them anything so Mm -hmm. and you certainly don't owe them your own health (laughs) that's for sure yeah you don't owe anybody that Mm -mm. well do you have anything you want to add angel i don't this outline and this topic was just like so well researched and thought out that i didn't have nothing to say (laughs) (laughs) yeah i mean i uh like obviously won't say who it is but we're having to do this with some family members so this was very personal for me i just want to protect clay i mean i called my pediatrician the other day she said that they just don't really know how the delta variant is with kids right now um you know i have i've decided to just take clay back a little bit and, uh, you know, that's a, that's a hard thing to decide to kind of like cut, cut your baby off from things that they lo- like, you know, I, I went ahead and just paused this little gym membership that he had. I mean, he really wasn't like doing gymnastics or anything, but like <laughs> <laughs> he had a fun time and I've just been trying to like recreate that kind of fun stuff in the home. I so, mean, the boy has a ball pit, the boy a ball does pit have in a, his house. Yes. He has a permanent installation ball pit that he loves so and he has those little like foam blocks and stuff like that I took him out on the road with his little bike the other day and he was just like he had a really good time so (laughs) on the road sounds like you're like on the lamb or something yeah on the run well he definitely was he and I we were just running away (laughs) yeah he was out of there he was like um bye and he kept on like running into other people's yards and it was hilarious I had to stop him so um because I will get in a physical altercation if someone yells at my kid to get off their yard. So anyway, <laughs> I just want to go ahead and cut that out. But yeah, uh, I would definitely say, please shoot us an email. If you have anything to add, anything you want to say, if you're doing this with any of your family members right now, we're here to listen. It's so hard. You can definitely, uh, do a little emotional dump on us. We're cool with that. So 
I'm personally ready yeah, for the challenge. Hit us with your best shot. We love it. Yeah, let's do it. Well, thank you so much for listening. I hope this was helpful to someone at least. Um, and yeah, get <laughs> vaccinated, fools. Yes. I want to go live my life like normal assholes. Let's do it. So also, yeah. Uh, I wonder what I wonder what the statistics are of like who remains unvaccinated. I have not kept up with any of that, but I hope it's a pretty low percentage. I know in Nashville, fifty six percent of uh, Nashville adults are vaccinated. Still feels very low to me. Like, get your yeah, shit Yeah, I was going to say, maybe it's time to move. Move to a place where it's like 90, 96%. <sighs> I'm coming for you, Colorado. Don't even test me. <laughs> or just a place where there's like more wild, like wildlife and cattle than people. So you're like, what? what is that? Ohio. I don't know. Midwest vibes, Missouri? I think. I don't know. Missouri. <laughs> yeah. It's like, yeah, it is. It's one of those ones near like Canada. Just go up there or just go to Canada. Fuck it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, the Canadians don't want us anymore. We've proved ourselves that it's like, uh, I wish. Yeah, they don't. Well, what are you going to do? Uh, anyway, <laughs> thank you so much for listening, guys. Uh, we hope you. Uh, you know, set many boundaries, piss many unvaccinated off. Thank you for listening. Godspeed. Love you guys. Bye.